Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Fantasy Alarm uh, NHL podcast. I'm Andrew Dewhurst. As always, I'm joined by Chris Murray. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I am feeling good, Andrew. Good to be here. Yeah, I mean, your uh, Montreal Canadiens finally finally got that first win out of the way. They were finally not bad. There you go. Small stepping stones, eh? Yeah. Just took one game to to get caught up on all the goals they didn't score in the previous five. That's true. Glad they used them all in one game, right? So yeah, now a couple more days without getting anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised because um, I've kind of been expecting Montreal to score goals for a while, uh, but they haven't been doing that. So it's good to see that I, that that's somewhere in that team's DNA. Uh, we'll see if that starts a tr- an upward trend for them. Um, I feel like, I mean, we're just about, uh, we're heading into the third week of the season. Um, we're starting to see things start to even out a little bit. Some of the teams uh, that started off really hot, um, teams like Buffalo, teams like San Jose, um, Detroit even, although Detroit won handily tonight against what looks to be a terrible Chicago team, uh, are starting to even out, right? Like we saw Buffalo win three three games to start the year. They lost two straight. Um, San Jose lost their first game today in Boston. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them. Um, but yeah, we're starting to get a feel for this season, which is... Um, Often, at least in my opinion, one of the most difficult things when you're first starting the year, both in DFS and in season long. Um, and we talked about this a little bit before we got started about like, you know, early people want to give up on players. They want to buy too high on players. It's like, I mean, Lucas Ray, using this as an example, right? Lucas Raymond scored a hat trick tonight for Detroit. Um, so people are going to be all in on Lucas Raymond. Be the most like everyone is going to be running out and picking up Lucas Raymond, um, which is fine, right? Like he was a top ten pick for the Red Wings, not last year, but the the draft before that. Um, but like, it, it could be a massive overreaction, right? He might not score three more goals in the next three weeks. Um, so you just. You kind of have to deal with it, right? Um, my personal, personally, I, I pretty much want to just leave my team alone. If you like them, like for the first month of the year, if you liked all the players well enough to draft them, you like them enough to keep to give them all a chance to to see what they really are this year, and then you know move on from there. With the exception of goalies, who you know maybe you took somebody like. Anton Hudobin, who just for some reason isn't playing in Dallas, so you know you gotta you gotta make those changes. Uh, go get somebody with some more playing time. Uh, maybe go get a Jake Allen. See if you know. See if Montreal's got this. Uh, gonna get this thing turned around uh, and go from there. What uh, What are your thoughts on on the early season so far? Uh, well, I mean, for Lucas Raymond, if you're looking to pick him up this week, he's obviously not available because I wrote about him in the waiver wire the previous week. So we can basically uh, forget about him. I picked him up in a league where I needed some help offensively. This is the league where I lost 
Uh, Max Pacioretty, Brian Rust is out. So I needed somebody to kind of just plug into the lineup here, kind of hold on to what I was going. I knew they had Montreal on the schedule. I knew Chicago was on the schedule. Um, he did what he kind of needed to do. The opportunity is going to be there for him. Now, is, is he going to turn out to be a, I mean, a point per game player? No, because the Detroit Red Wings at one point are going to just bottom out here and they're going to go back to being the Detroit Red Wings that we all know and love, right? Which is being terrible at playing hockey. Um, early for the early in the season for me, like you said, right? You don't want to kind of overreact to things that happen because it's so early, right? Players are going to struggle. Players sometimes are off to a slow start. And that slow start could be a full a full 30 days, right? Into whatever is happening. We see players who start off cold and then as the year goes on, just heat up and then just turn a corner and just go at it, right? So um, players that I add early in the year are kind of players that I want to see with the high, you know, high upside, right? Players who are in a good situation early. Lucas Raymond is seeing top line minutes, top power play minutes. He's doing, he's seeing all the things that, you know, fantasy owners want to see, right? Which is high volume. And then what you hope for these players, or at least for me, is that Lucas Raymond becomes a trade chip in something that I can acquire. So if you get a player off waivers and you trade him for anything of value, you automatically win the trade, regardless of whether that player you get in return does something or not, right? Because you took nothing and turned it into something, which is a recipe for success, right? So I'm going to hope Lucas Raymond goes on a little bit of a somewhat tear, or at least holds those minutes, right? He's got some tough matchups coming up. Washington's in town. Uh, no, sorry. There, uh, D- Detroit's in Washington. Washington's a good team. Florida doesn't give up goals anymore. It's unfortunate. Um, and then Toronto, Montreal again, uh, and then Boston here. So that's their next five games here. If if he can get through the stretch of five games, if he can, I don't know, score two goals, maybe pick up an assist, I call it a win. And then I again, I start trying to see where where can I get this value and how much of it. Can I get that's what it, that's I think for me, what I always try to do is I'm looking early for these players. If I can pick them up somewhere, right. And you can get them for little to nothing uh, on the waiver wire. That's where you want to get most of your players, right? They're just lying around there waiting for something to happen. Um, that's where I'm going to spend the majority of my efforts, looking at players who are just there kind of hanging around and seeing, hey, how much can I get it? Same thing with Jordan Cairo, right? We talked about him as well. Off to a massively hot start here. He's got points in every single game. He's got, uh, right, he had four points against Arizona. Well, he's not going to play Arizona every night, so that's going to limit the upside here. And he's not seeing a ton of ice time here. He's played over 15 minutes once that came against L.A. in an absolute blowout, so they probably balanced it out a little bit here. Um, the same thing, if I can, you know, move these players around later and try to get a piece out of it right on Yahoo is his ownership in the last 48 hours has gone up by 53%. So, right. That trade as well, probably gone. You could have got him for free as well. Um, in last week's waiver wire article. So, you know, you can't get him anymore. He's not going to maintain this pace. So you're looking for an owner who's struggling somewhere and saying, Hey, can I flip you a piece of candy that looks good? But in reality, I mean, it's like what, like candy corn and nobody yeah. likes that. Right. So you're like, hey, sure, it's candy, but it's not really good. And if somebody's going to buy it, I mean, hey, sell it to them. Right. Don't bring them something that, you know, 
not necessarily disguised as a Trojan horse, but that you can at least get some value on. Yeah, I, I mean, you're gonna lose those sometimes, right? Like, uh, like the the situation for Raymond is good, but you got to factor in like 15 minutes a night is uh, over the last week, right? So that includes the <clears throat> all of that production. You haven't seen the the minutes go through the roof. Right. So, I mean, Detroit's probably going to try to shelter some of those players uh, as they should. Right. Young players. I mean, he's what, 20? Something. And, uh, I and he's going to have his growing pains, right? Like yeah. He's off oh, to a good for start. Sure. And then, you know, teams around the league are all of a sudden going to say, okay, well, now we got to watch him. Now we got to kind of make sure that we take him into our game plan and we got to kind of eliminate him a little bit. Right. Which is, what good teams do so he's going to go through a phase where like everything becomes tough right he's he's not going to get any you know his not that his ice time may not change maybe the ice time gets a little bit here i agree with you there 15 minutes for a forward you're like okay you know probably a guy on the second line you know depending on what team you play your third line could probably see similar minutes right ideally you want players on top lines who are playing closer to the 18 19 range um, 16 plus at least right? 16 plus correct if, if if i'm getting 17 18 out of a top line player which is you know may not happen every night but in situations especially for detroit i expect them at some point to balance out they're going to be trailing a lot so your best players are going to see a lot of ice time your fourth line is just going to disappear and we won't have to worry about them yeah so like right volume is key right in fantasy sports right you want players who are in good positions it's no different than you know, a running back in football is getting an opportunity with somebody hurt. It's no different than, I don't know, basketball, I'm assuming, when somebody's right. Well, resting. Right. Or baseball, even, right? Like, yeah. you want players up top of the order because they see more of that. Correct. Uh, and, and when you factor in, like, tonight, uh, Raymond played 16 minutes and 50 seconds. Awesome. Over 16. Almost six minutes of that was on the power play. Yeah. Uh, like Detroit had eight power plays tonight, eight. Which, I mean, are things you have to factor in, and that's sometimes that's the other thing you have to like. Absolutely, he had a four-point night, scored a hat trick. It's fantastic, did it. Uh, but at the same time, you have to understand the situation, right? Eight power plays. Okay, like Chicago, not good right now. Chicago's really bad right now. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury only stopped 84% of the shots he saw. It's absolutely wild when, when, when you look at Chicago, right? And you see their record. Um, you see Arizona's record. You see the goals against. You see the, you know, the differential. And you're going, wow, these, like, this is... This is not... This is, like, it's not a good situation. I think Fleury's kind of realizing... Um, that LA and Chicago are two different teams and they play very, very different styles of hockey here. Um, same thing. The Chicago Blackhawks are a team that spends money as well. So they, they, they have no cap space. So again, kind of hard to fix things. They also don't have a first round pick. Um, so that pick is not theirs. Somebody owns it. It's actually Columbus who owns it. So that's also not and should they end up becoming let's say uh right a, a lottery team 
right? That pick yeah. is protected. It goes to 2023, which is, you know, fine and whatnot. The, the bigger problem here, I guess, for them is, um, you know, Seth Jones got a lot of money in the offseason, <laughs> a lot. Um, he's still making $5.4 million. So his contract doesn't start, right? The massive deal that he signed. Yeah, until next um, year. Yeah, until next year. So technically on the cap, he's got, right, he, it's going to take him nine seasons until he becomes a, a UFA again, uh, which brings him to 36. So you've locked up a lot of money in a player who um, is good, but I don't think anybody was expecting Seth Jones to be uh, a defensive expert, right? Because that's kind of not his gameplay, right? I, I, I think he's known more for the offense and you know the stuff that he brings as well. Um, he can score goals. Last couple of years in Columbus were a little bit difficult. Columbus as a team, though, was yeah, kind of no. tough. Um, wasn't necessarily bad last season in Columbus. I think what happens is just a lot of people just kind of chalk that up to playing under John Tortorella. Uh, and now he's not with John Tortorella. Obviously, there, there's nobody else really challenging him behind uh, right in five games here, what three three points minus six? Not that the plus minus matters very much, but he he just hasn't looked uh, good. Yeah, <laughs> well, simple terms, right? Yeah, I think the things you have to keep keep in mind too, right? It's like be aware of teams like Chicago who had a lot of a roster change, right? Like Flurry's got to learn a new. Essentially, it's like it's all brand new. Like you almost always see goalies in the first year with a new team, unless they previously played for that goalie coach. You often see them struggle because, like, some teams let shots go through. Some teams try to block every shot. It's like Correct. teams play defense differently. Teams have different personnel. Um, all these you, things. You, are, basically, like, he went from Alec Martinez to Seth Jones, and the, the, right. you know, defensively, well, that's not the same structure. Right, and I mean, like, even in def- like somewhat defensive Seth Jones here is that like he also went from playing for John Tortorella to playing for like, Kevin Colton, and it's not the same, right? Like different systems. You got to go. You got to learn the new system. Where am I supposed to be? Where's everyone else going to be? Um, and it's at time it's going to be difficult and there's going to be growing pains there. And that's part of like why we have to be patient with some of these players, right? Like this situation is so good for Seth Jones from a fantasy perspective. Yes, it is. Um, so like, should you get too up in arms about like, Oh, everyone says Seth Jones is declining and he's just signed a big deal. And what are like, he's, you know, Chicago's bad. What do I have here? It's like, just just relax. Give it, give it some time. Chicago's got lots of talent. Chicago's top six should be fine. Uh, which means if you got a good top six, you should have a good power play because you have six good forwards. Seth Jones can still shoot and still pass and still do all the things you need to do. He's just taking a little bit of time to figure it out, learn the new systems, and get through all that stuff. So um, I think that's a, like, almost a perfect situation to not overreact. Like, and, and it's hard to have a good plus minus when your goalie is only stopping 84% of the shots. Not all his fault, I'm sure. Part of it is, you know, 
players like Seth Jones not doing a great job in defense. I think one of the goals tonight was like uh, Calvin DeHaan just trying to clear it back around to Seth Jones and not reading the play. And Well, there's a goal in your own end. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's always interesting. I mean, like, if you look at the game overall, uh, 12 power plays, uh, as mentioned, eight of those were Detroit's. We had, like, 72 total shots that's a lot and detroit blocked 19 shots so like hey who's i mean if you're playing dfs go and see who's blocking shots because quite often you're getting those defensemen for free uh especially on dk where you get a block bonus and uh you know check it out maybe maybe you're gonna find a little hidden gem there who's gonna keep giving you 10 points for like 20 under 3k that's probably where I like to spend most of my. I, I when I'm building my DraftKings lineup, I spend the most time uh, in the uh, defense section, and I'm just looking for absolute value. I I'm a bit like I, I know some people hate the bonuses. I love it because it's extra. It's added value that you can find. It adds value to certain players. Uh, right for me on Saturday, it was uh, Noah Dobson. Right. Top line power play, top power play minutes. Guy can do some stuff. He was able, you know, he hit a block shot. I think he hit the block shot bonus, picked up an assist or something. He was 3K. Free money. Free money. Literally free. Uh, And if you're getting any type of decent return uh, on 3K, then you know you're doing well, right? Friend of the Discord, right? David Savard, same thing, right? He was like 2,800. of the Discord. Exactly. Now, you know, he's a, you know, contributing member, uh, honorary guest, uh, maybe one day. He was free and he did one thing and that was enough to get him over the bar. I think sometimes people try to overestimate what you need defensemen to do. And sometimes you just need them to just hit value. You just, you, yeah. in, in essence, if, if you if you have a lot of players on your DFS team that hit value, General, you know, generally you're going to win money. That's, yeah. you know, some nights it's not going to work out like that because Connor McDavid goes wild and he didn't have exposure and, you know, he breaks a slate. Um, but again, more often than not, value will get you to where you most likely need to be. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think that's it's a very good point, right? Is like understanding value and that like, I think a lot of people look at it and go like, well, if I take this player, they need to give me a bunch of points. When that's not actually true, right? Like, if you're going to get, uh, you know, if you're going to get a defenseman for under 3,000 and they can block three shots and, you know, that's enough. Because not only did you get the points but like you also got the rest of that salary to spend on somebody who's like who can give you higher amounts of value so like yeah like it all depends what you do with the rest of your money right like it's not one-sided right because if you you know if your top guns you know if you're austin matthews and mitch marners of the world do nothing well you know all that saving kind of goes to waste right so, like, using tomorrow's slate as an example, right? Here's three players, right? Justin Hall, 
block shots. Okay. Uh, well, I'll do four here. Robert Hag on Buffalo, block shots, 2,600. Uh, those, you can get both of those guys. I'm not saying you should get both of these guys. I'm not saying you should play both, play both in the lineup. But you take one of those guys, you got 3,000. Like, yeah, the ceiling isn't 25 points. It's not Dougie Hamilton's ceiling. It's not uh, certainly not carrying the ceiling of Adam Fox tomorrow. But you also don't need them to. And the variance on what they're going to do is not all that high. Right? Like, hey, this guy's blocked three shots in five straight games. Well, chances are he's probably going to block three shots again. Um especially if the game script also being an important part of this is like the other team shoots the puck a lot um which is prime for that toronto game where like carolina's going to shoot the puck a lot carolina's going to have the probably have the puck a lot playing some defensemen on toronto block shots makes sense right um i mean another way you can look at this is like uh, I mean, you mentioned uh, Noah Dobson. Sometimes you get the guys cheap that also have the power play time, right? Like we've been seeing uh, Keith Yandel really cheap, um, who's been really great value when you're not having to spend, you know, you're getting typically under 4000 Um So, like, you can look for those guys who are kind of older players who don't see huge minutes, but they see the power play time and and look for value in those situations as opposed to, like, tomorrow spending up, you know, spending 6,900, say, on, like, Victor Hedman, right? Um, 6,500 on Jacob Chicken, right? Chicken being slightly, I mean, the difference... In these is that like the ceiling is obviously through the roof on those two players. Correct. Because I mean, Hedman could give you five shots, three blocks, three points. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Chicken could do the same, but it's maybe less likely to do the same against Florida. Um, but that's kind of you know where your variance is. So it's however you want to spend your, your you got to make those decisions. How do you want to spend your money? Yeah, however you want to spend your hard-earned dollars and see where right. you know what works and what doesn't. Yeah, like where's the value in this? Thing, right? Is there anybody uh, anybody who's playing really well that you're gonna get for nothing? That's in a good situation. Um, personally, I haven't dug into that quite that much yet. Uh, it's a task for tomorrow, but uh, yeah, those those guys are often there where it's like, oh, hey, that guy might looks like they're gonna play 17 minutes and be on the power play, but you know, DraftKings or FanDuel or your site of choice still thinks that they're only gonna play like 13 and therefore they're like under 3,500. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. So, um, I mean, taking a, a broader sweep at, at tomorrow's slate, um, we've got some interesting values. I mean, you talk about Jordan Cairo. He, he's somebody who'll be interesting to play for um, for the Blues. Uh, they're, take, they're at home 
taking on the Kings, who suddenly went from we don't give up any goals to we give up all the goals. Uh, no middle in LA, really. Yeah. No, or nothing with them. That's right. Uh, Kyrie's probably overpriced at fifty four hundred. Um, at least that's how I would see it. Um, I don't want to pay fifty four hundred and a guy who's only playing fourteen minutes a night. Odds are not in your favor at that price. Um, what else we got? We have uh, Tampa Bay at Buffalo. Tampa hasn't lost on the road yet. Um, I sense that they're not going to lose on the road tomorrow either. And uh, so be mindful of that. Uh, Washington's at Ottawa. Another good situation for Ovechkin. Um, Toronto is at Carolina. Uh, you have the great Freddie Anderson revenge game. Um, one thing I, I noted when we talked about this a little bit earlier is uh, Mitch Marner, for whatever reason, always seems to go off playing Carolina. I don't know why. Carolina is typically like one of the better defensive teams in the league. But at least in my memory, whenever Toronto and Carolina play, it's always like a 6-5 game. And Marner always ends up with a whole bunch of points. Um, for you tomorrow, one, are you willing to buy into the Freddie Anderson revenge game? And two, are you willing to stack Toronto one? I mean, as much as I dislike Freddie Anderson, right? Like, like the Leafs just got throttled by an AHL roster. Like, it's not even that they lost. They got throttled. They looked lost. And, I mean, who knows what lines look like. That team looks like they have no identity. They have no idea what's happening. No idea. And this can't just be the loss of Zach Hyman. Like, it's not just that, right? But some of the players that they've gone out to get are just, or at least... What Nick Ritchie would like Nick Ritchie was supposed to be Zach Hyman, basically. That's your, you know, one for one trade off there. That hasn't happened. He's been irrelevant at best, right? You know, Michael Bunting is doing what he needs to do, but you know, John Tavares is doing little to nothing, right? Your third line's invisible. And I mean, I'm not counting on Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons to do anything, right? That's yeah. that's not that's not how it goes, right, for them. The, the Leafs just look, again, lost. They have no idea what's going on. And it was it was really, really tough to watch them play Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh just walked out and did whatever they want, whatever they wanted at any given moment. And it didn't matter, right? Like, yeah. Think about it for a second. Like Jason Spezza and Wayne, like Wayne Simmons has as many points as Jason, as John Tavares, Morgan Riley, Michael Bunting, and Pierre Engvall. That fourth line in Toronto has been really, really good. Jason Spezza is second on the team, by the way, in points, right? Fun fact, he leads the Leafs in goals. That's a problem. That's a really big problem when the guy making league minimum is out here, you know, putting up the maximum effort, right? John Tavares hasn't done nearly enough to be, you know, where he needs to be. Lack of effort? No. He's got 24 shots, which is a lot for John Tavares, right? We don't necessarily think about him as a guy who goes out there and shoots the puck a ton. But, you know, look around after that. I mean, 
nothing else is happening. Austin Matthews doesn't have a goal. They were played three games. I'm assuming to me, I think that wrist is still bothering him, or at least enough that the puck is not doing what it needs to do. Right? He's taking shots on net. He's got 17 in three games, so the volume is there, but they're just not going in. Um, and Mitch Marner just doesn't. I mean, it doesn't look like anything's happening. He looks completely lost when he skates. He looks like yeah. me in, in my Sunday league sometimes when we're down like eight one, just absolutely lost. Just no idea what's going on. We just want to call it a night and get out of there. I I would not stack. To, I'm not going to pay up for them because Carolina is a. I, I mean, I, I think Freddie Anderson is a product of this team a little bit, right? And that's fair to say, right? Toronto defensively struggled. He struggled as well. And then all of a sudden he goes Carolina. Carolina, again, very good team, right? They're they're well-structured. They play yeah. well. Their top nine is really, really good too, right? Aho, Trocek, and Jordan Stahl down the middle. They got a oh, yeah, mess of forwards. Yeah, they got a mess as well. Defensively, they're, you know, they're good too. They're really, really good. Jacob Slavin doing what he needs to do. Ethan Bear hasn't been terrible as well. I'm not really surprised that maybe Freddie Anderson's gotten off to a good start. I am surprised he's gotten off to this kind of start. I didn't expect to be sitting here talking about Freddie Anderson with a sub two goals against average, but, you know. 944 save percentage. Yeah, like he's, he's stopping everything. Everything that gets to him is just, like, it's not, it's not making its way to the back of the net. And good, you well, know, good for him. I, I think it's a discount to get him on DraftKings at 7,700. I think that's giving Toronto way too much credit here than what they need to do, right? This it, is... It, it, it is what it is, right? He gave up three against the Islanders, which was a lot, but I, 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 I won't say that his path has been an easy one, right? Nashville apparently can score <laughs> goals. Uh, Montreal is, I mean, it is what yeah. it is there. And Columbus was able to fill the net against... Uh, Arizona, everybody does, but he like he was decent, right? Yeah, and he I mean, was able I'll give to him stop shots. I'll In three of those games, though, he faced under thirty shots, which means that you know they're keeping pucks away from him. If if you're facing under ten shots a period, you're you know you're in a good spot. It means you're facing less than you know a shot every two minutes, which is pretty good. The only game where he had a bunch of shots was against Nashville. Nashville apparently just threw everything. You're like, all right, cool. But I wouldn't I, I wouldn't worry about starting him against Toronto. I, I think Toronto is just lost. They have no idea what's going on, and I don't think they solve it tomorrow on the road in Carolina. I don't Yeah. Like I'm not I, I'm not paying a premium for Matthews. No. I'm not paying. I'm not going to like he's $700 more expensive than Mika Zabinajad. Whether you use him or not, it's neither here nor there. But there's, I mean, right? Sebastian Ajo is under 7K. He's free, right? Sam yeah. Bennett is around as well. If you don't want to pay up for Barkov, right? You can save $1,600 and, you know, start Sam Bennett if you want. You can go down that road as well. There's yeah. so, there's, there, there's a lot of options that you can choose from that I don't feel like it's necessary to handcuff myself with a player who is, you know, yes, he's going to get the shot bonus, but I need Matthews to do more than hit the shot bonus at his price tag. I need hit. I, I, I need more from him in order to hit value. 
and he's not doing it right now. And if I pay up for him, well, then I can't pay up for Alex Ovechkin because Alex Ovechkin's price tag has now been corrected. The world is back into its order, and I can't pay up for a player who's, you know, averaging two points a game and who's doing Ovechkin things. Yeah, uh, I, I don't necessarily, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Um, part of me says, you know what, Freddie Anderson's still Freddie Anderson. We know that he's got those games and he's just going to give a five, right? It's going to happen. And if he does um, tomorrow, then hey, okay. Yeah, it, it could happen. And, and in a GPP, well, this is where this is interesting, right? Is that like, like what kind of ownership is Matthews going to get tomorrow, right? It's going to be at least 30%. Right. Right? Seven games. Uh He's really like Ovechkin's the only player that's more expensive and the only player that carries more name value. So, like, Matthews is going to still be major chalk. So, like, cash games, play him 100%. Play him if he gets the bonus. If he, get, if he goes off, great. If he doesn't, Everyone else is in the same place you are. You just make, got to make it up somewhere else. I wouldn't stack Toronto, though. Uh, one, Marner's so volatile because he doesn't shoot the puck. So, like, he has to get goals. He has to get points some other way. And it, it's just hit and miss. So, like, if you, for me, if I'm going to play Matthews, I'm playing him as a single bullet and putting my, the rest of my money somewhere else. Um, and yeah, I totally agree. I think there's better places to put your money tomorrow. You're saying play him in cash. I'm looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs who are 28th in the NHL right now, uh, in goals for per game, which is, or actually I'll, I'll, I'll give them credit somewhere. 27th. They're tied with Ottawa, Chicago, and Dallas. So right. if, if, if people, if, if you want to get on the Austin Matthews train in cash, and yet, I mean, I would get on the Freddie Anderson train on the other side, knowing that if Matthews, dis- even if Matthews gets his shots, right, which he should probably get anyways, right, that should not change because he was able to do that against Pittsburgh, right? He still fired the puck a ton. It's just not going in right now. So how long is that going to go on for? I don't know. But I would be, I would, I see this as a, like a 200% play, right? Because if Matthews struggles, Let's say he doesn't hit the shot bonus. Let's say he finishes with four, doesn't pick up a point. Well, now you're you're on the Freddie Anderson train, and assuming nobody else tears up Carolina, which again doesn't seem likely here, you're you're going to get Freddie Anderson at low ownership, right? A if if you don't want to ride the Sergey Bobrovsky uh, chalk train, right, all the way to its station, or the Andre Vasilevsky chalk train, which that's probably where that. That that's probably your two choices, right? If you're looking at cash goalies, you're probably going to have to pay up for them, and because these two are the most secure, uh, you know that by the algorithm picking it up here. Uh, I don't. I have no Evan Fitzpatrick is, is a goalie for the Florida Panthers. Uh, he is eighty three hundred, um, <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Uh, Eamon uh, McAdam, who is apparently the third goalie here for Tampa Bay, uh, is also eighty one hundred. So. I if if I'm not wanting to spend up there, 
And if I can save $800, right, on a goalie that most likely can outscore those two, right, Bobrovsky yeah. and Vasilevsky, because you have, like, Arizona's going to put up nothing. Right. right. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're volume's they're, not going to be there. Yeah. Right. So you, you need the shutout. Like, you need right. it. It's got to be there in order for you to, you know, flirt with the idea that you probably hit value on 8,500 just because the shot volume is not going to be there. They could probably finish the game with less than 20 shots, right? This game's on, on the road for them as well. Um, I, I don't know for Buffalo. Buffalo's kind of weird. Are we going to get good Buffalo? Are we going to get bad Buffalo? Are they going to take shots? Are they not? I don't know. Vasilevsky hasn't been elite to start the year, so maybe he gives up a couple, and then now you're staring at the other side looking in, right? He's played five games this season. He's given up three or more uh, in four of them, right? The only game that he played outstanding was against Washington of all teams, right? So I feel like that's, like that's, I don't know. I, I would, I, I, I hate it, right? But if I had to choose between trusting Freddie Anderson and trusting Sergey Bobrovsky to hit value, <laughs> like all, like, like both are poison, but. I'll, I'll I'll take Freddie Anderson over Bobrovsky, even though Bobrovsky looks like uh, Vezina Trophy the, winner Bobrovsky. But yeah, um, the 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 difference for me is that like in a cash game, I don't want any of the risk, right? Like yeah, Toronto's only scored two goals a game so far this year. Toronto scored like three and a third last year. That number is only going to go up, right? Toronto's Got way too much offensive talent to score two goals a game. Correct. Over an extended but, period of time. But are right? they doing that on Monday night, though? And the answer is maybe, right? Like, the odds... I mean, look, if if a Pittsburgh Penguins team can come out without their top three centers, without their best defensemen, and without, like one of their top five scores from last year and put up seven goals. Anything can happen. Right. I don't know how way stranger things can happen than like Toronto coming in and scoring four goals tomorrow night. Right. Like that's just there. That's certainly something that can happen. Uh, Things are going to correct themselves. Right. Like just, just like we saw with Montreal on Saturday night, they're not, they're a team that's going to score more than one goal a game. And eventually it corrects itself, right? Score six. It, it's going to happen. It's the law of averages, and that's that's why the skill happens, right? I mean, can, if you, I mean, Freddie Anderson and GPP, I'll take I'll take on some risk there because I think Toronto could get you could shoot thirty five times, can get you the save bonus, you can get the win, uh, and you, you're in a great place because the low ownership's low. Cash game. I'd rather take Bobrovsky because you know that, like, you know what, I'm probably going to get the win. Odds of him giving up more than two goals in that game are pretty low. And, you know, same with Vasilevsky, right? Odds of him giving up more than two goals aren't great. Like, Buffalo's, we would say in a lot of ways, has been an upstart team through five games. They're only averaging 2.6 goals per game. I just feel a whole lot better if... Spencer Knight was starting tomorrow. Like I, I would feel better about that. I, I, I totally agree. And maybe he but, is going to start tomorrow. But that would be kind of cool. Like that would be a good spot if you want to put him in there. Maybe give Bobrovsky the night off from working so hard here. Um, 
that'd be kind of good. Like, I'd feel a whole lot better if they came out. And they're like, hey, yeah, Spencer Knight's going to start. Not a problem, man. How much? 85? He could have been 10K. And I'd be like, not a problem. Sign me up here. Right? He was really good against Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay's a pretty good team. That was his one start this year. Yeah. It was pretty good. So, I mean, if he was, again, goalies are voodoo, right? But if logic stays as it is, right? If he was able to do well against Tampa Bay, he should be able to do well against Arizona, hey. a team that has little to nothing to offer offensively. Yeah. Right? That's That, that, that just makes, I don't know, the most sense, I guess. Yeah, provided he's a goalie who doesn't get disinterested when he doesn't see a lot of volume, <laughs> right? Because sometimes that's the difference. Like, you know, goalies kind of get bored. It's hard for goalies who don't see shots, though, right? Like, we oh yeah, like we know this. Goalies have said it, too. Like, they've said that it's hard when you don't see shots. It's It's one of those things. It's tough for them, and I fully, you know, support that notion it's hard for goalies to get it together when they're seeing you know two or three shots every what eight minutes at best like they were not like they were not good as saturday night right arizona came out and did i mean that they put some shots on goal but i mean they had four in the first and then they had eight in the second no sorry they had nine in the first Mm -hmm. ten in the second which you're like okay well you know, you're at 19, which is pretty good. And then they're losing 2 nothing in the third. They only mustered seven. Like, they had 26 shots, which is okay, but it's nowhere near enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll, I mean, those are certainly ways, uh, things you can look at for tomorrow. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, goalies are pretty Right. Like, I think that's just like you kind of have to start there. You know, you're in all cases, you're taking on some risk because situations are just really unpredictable. Right. Like, I mean, like, I, I don't mind Vanacek against Ottawa. Ottawa is a team that kind of just throws bucks on net, not always with a ton of purpose. It's just like, yeah, let's shoot. Yeah, we'll shoot. Yeah, we'll shoot. Hoping for like, waiting for that rebound to just land on somebody's stick. Um, Dallas and Columbus, like, I don't know what we're going to get there. Could be a lot of nothing. And uh, St. Louis, like, Jordan Bennington's been good, right? Like, so, I mean, that's not a bad way you could go for 8,200 tomorrow in a game that St. Louis should win against the Kings at home. Should win. Right. I mean, operative here, yeah, definitely should. Um, I mean, they just got done beating them 7-3, <laughs> right? Bennington still made 32 saves, gets the win, even giving up three goals. Probably didn't hit value at 8,500, but he hit him a little cheaper than that tomorrow. Um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, like, looking at goalies, like, you can van check and or, and or Samson off at 8,100. Uh, you're going to get, um, I mean, as noted, right? Freddie Anderson, 7,700. Heck, if you want to really roll the dice, you can take Jack Campbell at 7,800. Uh, you're getting 
Shesterkin at 8,000. That's not a bad price going against the Calgary team. That doesn't score a lot. Uh, and on the flip side of that, GPP, like Jacob Markstrom at 7,400 against the Rangers, that that can pay off for you because it's going to be a low ownership. Uh, and Markstrom's a player who typically does well when he sees lots of shots. So uh, from a goalie's perspective, I, I don't mind any of that. Um, I mean, throwing some stacks together off the top of my head. I mean, I like Ajo Teravainen. Uh, they're both kind of underpriced, 6,900, 6,500. Again, going against the Toronto team that scored. That gave up seven goals to a bad roster of Pittsburgh on Saturday. Um, I mean, I'm always a sucker for, for like, Panarin plus whoever's playing center on his line. In this case, it looks like Strom's back. Uh, you can Strom at 5,300. You can Panarin at 6,900. Those are good values. Uh, um, you know, I think you can look at like St. Louis one being probably pretty good value there too, right? If you can get, uh, I don't always love Ryan O'Reilly, but uh, if you want to do like Perron plus whomever, whichever winger they want to put on the other side, I think they've been mixing that up quite a bit. Um, today it looks like Daily Faceoff has them using Klim Kostin as as the winger on on the other side. Uh, I don't think you get Klim Kostin's going to cost you a whole lot. Just uh, take a look here. This is all all lots of good choices for yeah. us to kind of get caught in. <laughs> Twenty six hundred on Klim Kostin tomorrow. So if you want to. You want to pay down and get some some St. Louis one. That's not a bad way to go. Um, anything else standing standing up for for you on the site tomorrow, Chris? Nothing really in particular. I think we've gone through the most concerning parts. Right? Or obviously, what trap goalie do we take? Uh, and you know. Will Toronto figure out their scoring? <laughs> I hope not. Not not at, at least not tomorrow. Let me get one. Let me get my one and done Freddie Anderson in tomorrow. Let me get that completed, uh, so I can say that I used him this season. I went one and zero oh in that contest. Right. I'm assuming the re- I can pencil the rest of my lineup correctly, uh, and then move on from that and just you know dwindle away into the sun and say I did it. But that'll. I mean, I haven't. I I can't tell you the last time I started Freddie Anderson. I don't remember. Ugh. It's been. I, uh, it's been a moment. <laughs> it's been a moment. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, probably... I was trying to keep that streak going, but I mean, by Monday 7 p.m., that that streak could like be over. Fair enough. I think I maybe used him once last year. I didn't. Um, but that. And that's a maybe once. Like, Toronto played, what, 53 games? <laughs> Used one of those starts? I don't think I did, because, I mean, that North division was full of offense. I was like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting this. And then he got hurt, right? So, I mean, that made it easier to yeah. not use him. Uh, and then he came back. Wasn't necessarily really good. Uh, I think he got hurt again, and then playoffs showed up, so... 
I was sheltered from him for a good portion of the season, uh, but also willingly not playing him was, you know, had something to do with that. And I was okay with that. I slept very well at night knowing I didn't have Freddie Anderson on my uh, DFS team. Very good. All right. Well, uh, let's finish it up there. Um, So, uh, you know, it's a good start for, for tomorrow's uh, for tomorrow's DFS slate, uh, as always, uh, you'll be able to check out the playbook tomorrow. Uh, the the Discord channel has been uh, vibrant, I think is the best way to describe it. Uh, lots of the David there. Savard fan club. That's that's what that's, we got going on there. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what I will say is that, like, Moving uh, fantasy alarm, moving into Discord has been a huge upgrade. Just so much more chatter in there. It's so I think it's uh, it's a much better community than what we had before. Even though it's largely the same people, just so much easier to interact. Uh, more more people getting involved all the time. So um, if you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. Uh, I believe you can still get the DFS. The NHL DFS Pro package uh, for thirty percent off. I believe it's uh, NHL Pro is your discount code. So uh, if you manage to make it this far into the episode and you haven't done that already, go sign up. Uh, tons of value there to be had. You get the Discord, you get the playbook, you get the core plays, you get the waiver wire articles, you get the projections, you get you get the rankings, you get all that good stuff. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll do it again next week.